You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am talking to Tina Gilbertson about repairing estranged parent-child relationships. Tina Gilbertson is a psychotherapist who helps families repair their distressed relationships, especially those between adult children and their hurting, rejected parents. She is the author of Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship, which provides a set of tools that helps parents find reconciliation with their adult child. Tina's work has appeared in Forbes, Fast Company, Glamour, Real Simple, and Red Book. And Tina is the co-founder of reconnectionclub.com, an online forum where she offers education, community, and support to help estranged parents repair their relationships with their children. Tina, welcome to your superpowered mind. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. It's great to be on your show. Yes, and I'm excited to share what you know, because I know there are a number of people who are dealing with this estrangement issue. (laughs) So, Before we get into that, though, I do want to ask, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? Well, I'm, I'm still in the process of trying to master my mind, and I'll probably be doing that for the rest of my life. But if I do have uh, a superpower, it, would, it might be something like self-compassion or compassion in general. Uh, and I think compassion is a, a superpower because sometimes it's the only thing that can solve an impossible relationship puzzle where where nothing else has worked in an intractable situation compassion is the one thing that can sometimes shake things loose and lead to healing that's very interesting and when i want to deep dive into that sure i'm curious and i'm not going to ask it now but on whether that's compassion for yourself or compassion for the other person Okay, I look forward to to that because that's kind of interesting. So first of all, let's just can you go ahead and um, I had the opportunity to read your book, which was great. And just say generally, tell us generally, what are the kind of relationships that you're working with people around? What kind of estrangement would you say that is? Well, I specialize in working with parents who have been unwillingly cut off by their adult children. So they find themselves suddenly with an adult child who no longer wants to talk with them, maybe isn't returning calls. And uh, quite often the parent isn't quite sure what happened or why, you know, why it has led to something as what feels like extreme as estrangement. And there's a lot to understand when someone cuts you off And uh, I work specifically with the parents because they have so much more power, I feel, than they realize much of the time to make a difference, to make repairs, and to to change the relationship. 
for the for the good of themselves and their children. Yeah, and and so you know, one of the things in reading your book, it was there are different types of estrangement. You know, oh, there's yes. there's the kind where they're just not talking to each other anymore at yeah, all. Yeah. There's in 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 the olden days when uh, my grandmother cut off her parents, it was kind of easy, uh, easier certainly than today, to just go radio silent and be gone for the rest of your life. There was no internet, phones were sparse. Uh, it was hard to track down somebody if they moved to another city. And uh, so that is one type of estrangement you can just say would be just total radio silence, total cutoff that is intended to be lifelong. But that's not the only kind of cutoff that happens in families. And I don't think it's the most common uh, at all these days. There's, um, I think probably the most common kind is this on again, off again relationship where sometimes we're talking and then sometimes we're not again. So things are okay between us for a while and then one of us goes radio silent and we're estranged again. So on again, off again, also known as cyclical or periodic estrangement, may be the most common type. I don't know because we don't have uh, enough research yet. But there's a third kind that I also encounter, and that is what I call emotional estrangement, where parents feel like their child has become a stranger, almost. Maybe there's regular contact, you know, maybe they have coffee with their child or lunch, or maybe they go on vacation together even. But the relationship feels different, uh, less close than it used to. They don't feel like they can talk in the same ways, and they don't feel like they are let in as much. And so the estrangement, the distance between them is more emotional than physical or logistical. So I call that emotional estrangement. And that's very painful, too. It's just a different kind of pain. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm really curious to see how you start to help people untangle this, but we do need to go to a break. Before we do, can you let people know where they can learn about you and your book and all of that? Sure. Thanks. I think the easiest thing is just to go to my website, tinagilbertson.com. And that's where I talk about all of my services and my publications and anything you want to know. Great. Thank you. Okay, everybody, hang on. In a minute, we will go deeper into how is it that you actually repair an estranged parent-child relationship. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world.
Welcome back, everyone. I realized when I went to break that I actually said the wrong thing. There's no way in this interview we're going to actually get all the way through how to repair (laughs) a relationship. But how do you get started? So let's say a parent comes to you and they're like, "My my child won't let me see my grandchildren or I only see them once a year. And I, I don't know what happened. Where do you start? Good question. Well, let me tell you first where I don't start. The first thing that a lot of parents want to do is to reach out and contact their, their child and maybe ask what's going on or uh, apologize or do something. They want to take immediate action to, to try to uh, get close again. And this is understandable because you get a little bit desperate when somebody important to you has stepped away, and it may feel like if you don't do something right now to mend that rift, they're going to move further and further away, and your lack of action could mean that you lose them forever. And that's a terrifying feeling, and it's very understandable, but it is not a good place from which to begin. The first thing one needs to do, first of all, you take a breath, and you tell yourself, don't panic. I do not need to solve this today. This is a problem that did not come up overnight. There's a history. I may not know the history, but in my child's mind, there were things leading up to this. Estrangement, we know, is never just, boom, spontaneous. Like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to cut you off. There's always a trail that that culminates in cutting someone off. So um, the first thing a parent might do is to stop and take a breath and realize, okay, this is a problem. It's a problem I did not realize was present, or at least to the extent where cutoff could happen. And once, and I need to be calm because I need all of my inner resources, my mental energy. I need to master my mind enough to be able to make use of my cognitive abilities to understand what happened. There is something that was not understood before until it became an emergency. But now, now that your child has taken a step back, it is time to kind of uh, try to put the pieces together and, uh, and figure out how did this happen. Now, yeah, and you know, one of, one of the things that I thought was interesting is you said that 60% of parents or something like that claim that their children never told them why they're cutting off the relationship when that yeah. actually is not really true. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yes, there was a, there was an online survey that was taken where approximately two thirds of adult children said that they had told their parents the reason for the estrangement. And almost the same number of parents said that their child had never told them. And I think it's possible that both are telling the truth that the child made attempts to help their parents understand what the problems were and and the severity of the problems. And it may be that the language that was used or or just it somehow did not get through to the parent the way it was intended. So um, it just, there was a disconnect, obviously, in, in that communication. So it's possible that I mean, uh, parents sometimes have some idea that, well, okay, our relationship has been difficult for some time, but it never occurred to them in a million years 
that estrangement could result. Because most of us, um, there's, a, there's a term that Christina Sharp, a researcher in estrangement, has coined, um, relational moral hazard, where we run this risk of, of acting um, sort of unconsciously in ways, because we don't think that our own family members would ever cut us off. We think we're secure and safe to just kind of go along, and maybe our relationship is difficult, but, you know, we're, we're going to muddle through, right, because we're family. And, and they don't realize the extent of the uh, trouble that they're getting into, they and their children, with, with what's going on. Yeah. It's very interesting. So I can see, okay, so the parents are panicked. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's that desperation. I've got children and, you know, I've got three daughters and teenagers and teen um, early 20s and they start to move away. And yeah. even when you're not estranged, there's a little bit of that feeling of, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we're being disconnected. It's almost a little bit of panic unless you're really aware of it. Right, the, right. Around it. So I could see how these parents come to you in a panic and you say, okay, let's, let's take a deep breath. Let's realize we're going to figure out where this started. And, and one of the things that um, was interesting to me is, and without, without offending anybody is, is starting to understand that the parents had a piece in it had a piece in what what happened when they don't feel like that. <laughs> yeah, right. And and in most the vast majority of cases that's true, but that is really you better hope hope that you had a piece in what happened because if you have nothing to do with the fact that your child cut you off then you are absolutely powerless to fix it. If your child is just a just someone who doesn't value family and doesn't care about you, and that's the end of the story, then there is nothing you can do about that. And how sad and tragic and hopeless is that, really? So you want to have had something to do with this this situation. Uh, What a great way to make it so that you can actually start to look and actually want to find. Yeah, the more you you can find, the more you have to work with the more power you have to make a difference in the relationship. Wow. Okay. That's a great paradigm shift right there. It is a paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah, because it is natural to say, well, geez, my child is like this, and he has these issues, and he tends to cut, and he this and he that, because, you know, that's the the little uh, soft and furry vulnerable insides of us saying, wait a minute, I'm not that bad. You know, there's a natural defensiveness that takes, that 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 can come up when somebody cuts us off. Um, it's not natural to say, "Well, let's see, how did I contribute to this?" That's that's a very high level thinking kind of a thing to do. It's not a natural instinct for right. anybody I know, including me. Right. So, is that what you move to, or is that too soon? After saying, "Okay, let's let's calm down. We've got yeah. some time." Is it to then start to say, how did I contribute to this? Do you just start well, looking at the, the I facts? That's a good question. <laughs> I like because, to know how things work. Yeah, that's a very, very good question. Because as you probably intuit, it's not easy to just 
flip a switch and start becoming a robot and analyzing the situation as if you're not, as if your heart hasn't been trampled here. So uh, um, the, uh, the goal is to get to a place of thinking calmly and coherently about what happened and what might be required from you. But along the way toward that goal, there's a lot of emotional work that needs to be done. For example, it's okay to panic if you feel a little tug inside when your children, even if they're not estranged, move away. You know, there's some separation anxiety or something there that you're allowed to feel. Mm -hmm. So, People need to be allowed to have their emotions, whatever they are, without those emotions dictating their strategy or mm -hmm. their behavior. So a lot of what, what I talk to parents about is emotional stuff. It's just um, uh, being good to themselves emotionally. If you feel resentful of your child or, or, or you know, if, if you don't like how you feel toward your child, you're a human being and you have those feelings and you've got to be allowed to have them. If there isn't room uh, in your mind for those feelings, then those feelings will take over and they'll rebel and they'll take charge of your behavior and they will screw everything up. Because mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is act from emotional impulses when you're trying to repair a relationship with someone who stepped away. Because you can't rely on them to meet you halfway. They've already left the building. They're not meeting you anywhere. So it is entirely up to you. And yeah. that's why your emotions need to have room to be what they are, but not to boss you around. Yes. And I love that. I spend so much time with my own clients, not in the context of a relationship, but you know, what is the fear underneath that? Because right. that fear is screaming at you in the background mm -hmm. and you're trying not to look at it. And so it's dictating what you're doing and how yeah. you're reacting and you're ignoring it. You're trying to ignore it, but you can't. So there's a power in saying, you know what? I am pissed off mm -hmm. and like, okay, so let's feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That so gets it out this, of the way. Yeah. And so is this kind of where the compassion comes in? Sort of even uh, self-compassion? Yes. That's a really nice tie-in. You absolutely must feel compassion toward yourself. You're not going to be able to do anything from your best self. If you're mad at yourself, you don't like yourself, you, um, you, know, you don't think you're good enough or up to anything. I mean, you really have to be very kind and gentle, not least because of the pain and the shock that you've been through here. Um, and plus, if you are not able to fully find that compassion for yourself, if you hold yourself to impossible standards and you never measure up and you you just can't give yourself any real approval, that is also going to manifest in your other relationships, whether you want it to or not, because you're going to hold other people to those same standards, and they're not going to measure up either, because they're human too. And uh, that can really cause problems in relationships, and we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're doing it to ourselves, but we also do it to other people. So in finding that self-compassion, you also automatically start to find more compassion for this child who has hurt you so badly by, by cutting you off. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. That makes perfect sense. And where, I, where I'm going to is I wonder is, is that often, well, no, I can't say that, but so, sometimes I'm guessing that that is a factor is if a parent has a lot of issues with 
self-criticism of their self and they're holding their child to that standard, then maybe there's a lot of conflict around that. Sure. That, that can certainly be a factor in some people's estrangement is uh, if your child has complained about uh, you being critical or feeling criticized or something like that, you want to pay attention to that. And, and the first thing you want to ask yourself is, how critical am I of me? Because if the answer is, yeah, I'm pretty hard on myself, then if your child is also complaining about that, there, there's something there to look at. Maybe, maybe everybody needs more compassion. And you can also look at, well, you know, what were the standards put out for me when I was a child? You know, we don't, we don't create everything out of a vacuum. We had childhoods too, and we learned things from our parents and other adults and other, other people. Mm. And how much of that are we carrying around and just taking as, as truth? Right. Okay, so we've helped the parents to calm down a little bit, to feel their emotion, to start moving into compassion for themselves and their child. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what do they do? <laughs> and then, then they're in a better position to understand what some of the dynamics might be that led their child away from them. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes there are the most basic thing that we find in what causes people to estrange is feeling unsupported, feeling unloved, which which is a horrible thing for a parent to hear because, of course, they feel the love for their child. And if their child doesn't feel that love from them, that's devastating, right? But um, at, at for many, maybe perhaps the majority of estrangements, there is a feeling on the part of the child who walked away of, I, I, I'm not seen, heard, appreciated, loved, um, supported, or whatever by my parent, there are other things that may, may be happening more than that, like there may be divided loyalties or other things going on. But, but you want to always look for that as a basis. In what ways has your child ever um, complained about or mentioned feeling um, anything like criticized, neglected, unloved, unseen, different from other family members? Have they said they feel like the black sheep? What has your child ever, ever talked about as far as their experience? And do they claim a different experience from your other children? You know, mm-hmm. like their childhood was lived somewhere on another planet and your other kids were like, we have no idea what she's talking about. You want to pay attention to everything that you've ever... There's a lot that a parent can do even when the child is not in contact and just thinking back f- through those memory files of things that, that your child has struggled with and has perhaps complained to you about, or on the other side, never spoken with you about. If your child is adopted and they've never spoken about what it's like to be, let's say, um, having come from Korea and you're not Korean, um, and they've never talked about that. So, so it's really just investigating your relationship and your child's childhood and your your own childhood and starting to beat the bushes for issues that might have arisen between you that made your child feel less than good in a relationship with you. But I, I can I also say something else that's very important, which is that uh, if, if your child is, is of a certain age, if they're college age or whatever, they may just need more space. They, there may not be these things that I'm referring to. They may not feel unsupported. They may not feel unseen. They may just want to not see you for a while because they're 21 and they want to hang out with their friends. So 
there's that as well. There's the yeah. state of life stuff. That, which is very funny because it's exactly, you know, now with COVID, mm-hmm. my daughter's home from Boston for college. And the last thing she wants to do is be home. She wants yeah. to be with her friends and right. her super sweet and loved being home and hung out with me. And now it's like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to, you have to, I had to go through this like, okay, wait, no, this is right. Of course yeah. she wants to hang out with her friends more than she does me. That's appropriate. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I had to go through that. I'm like, yeah, this is the stage. Yeah. Because you're, you're not just a parent. You're a human being who mm-hmm. is the person who's left when she goes out with her friends. You know, you're also a human. And you're also somebody's child. And you also have needs for love and belonging and to be seen and to be heard. And those come into play. You can't turn those off just because you're the parent and she's the child. But the question is, what do you do with those? Do you expect her to meet your needs? In your case, the answer is no. I know that she needs to go off with her friends. I'm going to let her go off with her friends. What else can I do that's, you know, but, but there is the human inside of you, your heart saying, what about me? What about our relationship? And that's just, you can't do anything about that. That's just part of life. Exactly. And that's what I'm sort of like, I really want it to be that there is no guilt when she goes off. Like, go. Yes, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. And I get it. And then I go sit and I sound like, oh, poor me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, poor you. That's right. She's got these friends and they get together even despite COVID because, you know, nobody, nobody under sort of distance. (laughs) I hope. Yeah. 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 But that's exactly what it is. It is, it is that self-compassion and that understanding that, you know, this hurts a little bit and, um, and it's okay to feel that hurt. And, you know, what's complicated about this, there's so many complications is that some parents want to be able to give that to their kids. They, they say, yes, go off. Don't worry about me. But there is still a lot of unmet emotional need in the parent that is not mm-hmm. getting met. You know, there, there isn't, maybe there isn't a partner, maybe there aren't the close friends who are geographically close enough to really be there. And the kid is not unaware, you know, especially it depends on the temperament of the kid. But the kid may be very much aware that the parent doesn't have a lot of other supports. And so despite your best intentions, uh, a kid can decide that you have needs and they should really be there to meet them. And they can start to resent the parent mm-hmm. for that. And the parent never had any intention of that. But yes. I've seen that before, especially where there's like one child and one parent and the, yep. they're super, 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 super close, like, yep. uh, like extremely close. And then the yep. kid all of a sudden is like, mm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not because they don't love the parent. It's because they need to do what all animals do in in nature, which is to fly the nest and become independent and become their own adults and start their own families and stuff. So it's kind of, it's it's wrenching though. I mean, I see this all the time in my practice. I see people who were, you know, single moms of of one or more children and they just became, like you said, super duper close. And then the children have to, have to do their thing. And mom feels completely abandoned by these people who were her everything and yeah. for whom she did so much. Right. Yeah. And it's not just single moms. I mean, it, this oh, can yeah. happen in any family. Yeah. So there is a way in which you are doing a lot to just then help the parent 
take care of themselves. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Exactly. I mean, there are logistical things. We also talk about my child texted, what should I do? Should I, you know, there are little logistical things. There are some things like if a child, um, if your child is a little bit ambivalent about being close, maybe you want to give them the last word so that they feel like they can text you without inciting this flurry of communication. So there are, there are some very practical things that we also talk about. But what mm-hmm. you said just then is, is kind of the foundation of the work. Because if you're not okay, you're really not okay, it doesn't matter what strategies I give you or what we talk about doing, it's not coming from a place of centeredness. And so it's not really going to be effective in the long run. Mm. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, no, well, I won't go there. It's like the, it's that <laughs> sense of uh, almost like a boyfriend girlfriend. Like there's that desperation. Oh yeah, you know. And oh my gosh, they're, they might leave me. And then there's like clinging and clinging. And yeah, that's a very and like should I respond or should I not? Do I play mm-hmm. cool? Yeah, because, well, they don't trust themselves because they've done right. things so many times and, and the kid f- flies into a rage or doesn't talk to them for six months or something. And so they are walking on eggshells. Well, last time uh, I did this, this happened. So I don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah. It's like you lose perspective because everything seems dangerous. And So when, I, one of the yep. things I want to ask you about, because this also happens, oh, shoot, we almost are out of time, though, I'm sad, um, is what happens when it's the child's spouse or partner that's creating Oh, well, does that happen? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course it does. The first thing you want to ask is, is my child using this person as a buffer between us because my child is such a good son or a good daughter that, you know, she, he or she doesn't want to be the one to keep mm. the distance and so has chosen the spouse to, to hold all the um, we want to be distant cards. The, bl- the blame. Yeah, to the, take the, the blame. blame. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be in play, but it's not necessarily the case. Sometimes the... Um, uh, like we have a, I, I did an interview with a mother, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law expert. Um, and, and she said, sometimes it's just um, the daughter-in-law is, is somewhat threatened by the mother-in-law and she would like to keep her, she's, she's not really keen on spending tons of time together. And in that case, the son gets caught in the middle. And of course he wants to be uh, loyal to his wife. And so the, the mother or the parents get kind of shut out. So that, that can definitely happen. And all I would say is, if the in-law or the girlfriend or boyfriend is, is problematic, then you want to get on the good side of that boyfriend or girlfriend, even if they don't seem to have a good side. That, that's your best bet. <laughs> I love how you say that because I'm sure a lot of parents, it's, it's exactly what they feel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There is no good side. <laughs> they took them away and they're manipulating anyway sorry i'm sorry to laugh it's not funny but it it's okay it's, it's okay if you, you've got to be able to find some humor in something that's so heavy yeah yeah okay well we do need to wrap up can you remind people because i know this is such i mean this is such important work because we all want and need our families we really really do our, yep. our basic community so where can people find out about you, your work, your book, all of that? Well, I think what I recommend people do is have a look at the book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child. And, you know, that may set you on, on your own path toward reconnection. You can also join the Reconnection Club at reconnectionclub.com. That is my online school where, you know, if the book is the textbook, this is the school where we practice 
the stuff that's in the book. And, you know, we have a community of parents who are working their way back to their children. So that's at reconnectionclub.com. And then just to learn more about me or to schedule a consultation, go to tinagilbertson.com. Great. And actually, do you have a lot of success with your parents in helping them to recreate relationships? I do hear regularly from people who are reconnected. Sometimes when people cancel their membership in the Reconnection Club, you know, I'll write to them and say, gee, I hope everything's okay. I hope we, you know, that you got what you needed. And more often not, than not, they will write back and say, actually, yeah, I'm reconciled. Thanks a bunch. And they, they weren't going to say anything. So it's a good <laughs> thing that, that I reach out and find out, you know, why they're leaving. Mm-hmm. But that is, that is often a reason that's given. Yeah. They that get what they good. need and then they go. They get what they great. need. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about, can you put this into practice? Can you master yourself to the extent where you can put into practice the things that you know you want to practice with your child? Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Tina. It's been um, a joy to talk to you. And, and so much of what you're talking about is really applicable to all of us and just our lives in general. You know, where are we hurting you know, where are we being critical of ourselves and other people? You know, whether or not we have estranged relationships, these are really good questions to ask. So thank you right. so much. Well, thank you for the great questions that you asked. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, thank you again for being here. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.